This Lenny Dykstra edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is home to the hundred dollar NFL Super Contest. Sign up today for your chance at a hundred thousand dollars, and when you do, go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code SGP50, and get a fifty percent deposit bonus. Play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by ESPN Plus. Log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the ESPN Plus banner to sign up for ESPN Plus. College football, college basketball, MLB, soccer, and exclusive UFC fights. You can't be a real sports fan without ESPN Plus. The sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kram dog? No, I'm getting on a plane in like yes. three hours to go to Hawaii. That's what's going on, Sean. Doing a little boat trip over there. But we had an emergency podcast. Emergency podcast, indeed. Through mutual friends, we were able to get a hold of uh Sean. Yeah. Don't don't be All so Star. modest. He's your close personal friend. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra and I have been talking a bunch the past couple of days. Gotten put in touch. Was trying to figure out a time that could work for to get old Lenny to call in. And uh, yeah, I mean, Lenny Dykstra. Besides being, uh, I, I I'm arguing that he should probably be in the Hall of Fame. But I, again, wow, I, I'm a huge fan of his his baseball career, and I just you gotta love Nails's attitude when it come when it came to playing baseball. Just the giant wad of chew, just leaving it out there on the field. It's kind of like the Rudy of uh, Major League Baseball, small, scrappy, left-handed hitter, much like myself. A lot of comparisons, a lot of ways were different, but it was awesome. Uh, as you'll see in this interview, we got a chance. Lenny called in. He's hanging out on a Friday in New York. Called into the podcast. A lot of fun. Hit on a ton of uh, crazy, wild stories through Lenny's career, his life, his opinions, his hot takes. That's what's awesome about Lenny Dykstra is literally he has an opinion on everything. Sean, we at the Sports Gambling Podcast, we love transparency. We yes. love we love uh, awesome free content, and I yeah. think Lenny Dykstra is the intersection of both of those things. Lenny Dykstra is a one man podcast. As you're about to hear, Yeah, he just goes from story to story. It's all interesting. It's all fascinating. <laughs> if you're, if you're a baseball fan, if you're just a fan of celebrity gossip, he, he seems to have a thought and opinion on a lot of things. Very interesting interview and uh, appreciated him calling in. But before we get to talk to Lenny Ryan, that's right. We got to talk about the official sponsor of the sports gambling podcast, my bookie.ag. That's right. They got it right in the name, my bookie, because they are your bookie. And if they're not the, your bookie yet, they should be. The my bookie.ag super contest is coming. That's right. Pretty awesome. $100. That's all you need to play in their super contest. 
hundred thousand dollars to first place guaranteed. And the, the cool thing is they don't take, they're not raking the pot at all. Every dollar that gets entered into the contest will be paid out. That's the, my bookie promise the my bookie guarantee easy deposit, easier withdrawals. That's how they do it over at mybookie.ag. And when you're heading over there, make sure you use that promo code SGP 50 for a 50% deposit bonus. After all, they got a formula over there and it's play win. And most importantly, finally get paid using that promo code SGP 50 joining us on the line, former Philadelphia Philly, former New York met world series winner, Lenny Dykstra. Lenny, what's happening, man? Hey man, a lot's happening. You know, good to have. Thank you for having me on your show. You know, I know that you guys are you're killing out there in, in the city of sin, uh, um, which I think you're in Las Vegas, right? Well, uh, yeah, we do a may, little. Maybe we, not. You know, <laughs> but, but it's all about gambling. So, and and you know, I know some about gambling. So, but I'll let you fire away. And I'll, I'll, I'll one thing I can guarantee all the listeners that I'll answer everything with a truthful answer. Well, that, I appreciate that. And yeah, we are uh, gambling. We're always in Vegas, but b- kind of based out of LA, but what's the, uh, I know you've definitely been a gambler over the years. What's kind of your craziest gambling moment? Yeah. Really, I'm not a gambler. A donator is really what you are. People <laughs> don't really switch them words around, you know, because you, you can't win. And, and I'll tell you my craziest gambling moment. There's been a lot of them, but I don't know if you remember who, you know, you know, King world, right. They, they started, uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey, they started to will a fortune. Yeah. Oh, they own all these shows, huge, huge monster company. And Roger King was the, the, the owner. Okay. So we're in LA playing, 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 um, the Dodgers and we have an off day. So, you know, I take, you know, some of my monkeys up there and the two of my, you know, I see my, my, my feeder honors, my guys and, you know, like a, you know, army full of chicks and charter jet and you go to, go to Caesar's palace and I got a, you know, $300,000 line. And, you know, by the time I, you know, I'm able to come to and get down to the table, you know, and bring my entourage with me and, and sit down and all of a sudden this fucking big dude, like he's a towering dude says, but I said, give me a couple hundred thousand, you know, to the, to the, to the pit boss and fucking big dude says, who the fuck are you? I said, I said, whoa, wait, what? I said, no, I'm just here to gamble. He says. Wait, wait. He says, "Are you, are you, you Lenny Dykstra?" I said, "What?" He <laughs> said, "Nails." I he said, "Nails." I said, "Yeah, man." So, long story short, he then fucking stops the game and tells the fucking pit boss, "I want a million dollars in chips right here, right now, in, in cash. You know, not chips in cash, right in front of me because he had to overdo me, you know." So, so the next thing you know, is is. Is like you know he's got my chicks going over there and they're just bleeding and dry of chips, and <laughs> so he starts going to all my parties. So when I played in L.A., I always had a party at the Peninsula. So it's a Saturday night. We're playing the Dodgers on a Sunday, and I have you know all my teammates there, and we're partying until fucking you know five six in the morning. And you know he's, he, this guy's a degenerate gambler. He's dead now. God bless his soul. But so. Anyways, we're playing Dodgers, Dodgers in the day game after he sees us all partying. And so it turns out I end up getting a game-winning hit on the Sunday day game to, to, to beat the Dodgers. And I get on the team bus and I get a call. And, and, and it's Roger. And he says, you motherfucker, he says. 
I said, what do you mean? He says, how the fuck did you win that game, man? I just spent 500 grand against you guys. You guys were out partying <laughs> with me all night last night. I said, uh. I was with you. And he said, and you're the one that did I said, Roger, what did I tell you, dude? Don't ever go up against me. You're going to lose. <laughs> See? That so was, he that, thought. That was a classic, classic story. By the way, if I lose now, it's because I'm in the tunnel. Because, you know, to get to Manhattan, what I've learned is you have to either go under or over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that seems sound like, like a sound like a sex sound like a sexual <laughs> position, but it's not. I was gonna Look say, Sean, those... I'm more of a power bottom myself. <laughs> Look out That's for those right, uh... <laughs> brother. Now you got the power bottom voice too. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for those tunnel bunnies, uh, Lenny. Now, yeah, bro, yeah. Did you, uh, you know, you played in the game like you said you were gambling in Las Vegas. Did you ever play with guys that you think were betting on games? Did you ever see any sort of that action going well, on? No one ever bet on their own. Sport. Like I said, you know, I, I was telling somebody, you know, about P. Rose. I played in the fucking games. I can't tell you if I was going to win. So, but so, like, you know, leading into that, you know, I have a whole problem with this whole Hall of Fame deal the way, you know, like the three best players in the history of baseball aren't in the Hall of Fame, which is Bonds, you know, Rose, and Clemens. And so, like, I've been escorted out of them offices many times, you know, because I wanted. I asked him, I said, I want to know what the threshold is to make someone a bad enough guy to not be in the hall of fame. Yeah. Because said, there's like, plenty of guys that are in the yeah. hall of fame. Now, if you took a look at Babe Ruth or some of these other Ty, characters, Ty Cobb was not a good man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, they had what we had now they would have used it too. So, but they still did the, the same thing and worse. You know, like I said, what happens? What about if someone that beats their wife? That's okay. I said like, so where do you draw the line? What's the fucking threshold? I said, Amphetamines are okay. Every one of half those guys in the Hall of Fame all admitted they're amphetamines. Yeah, greenies said, seem to so be a, the, what, a big what's thing. What's the threshold? What is it? And I said, they won't answer me. They won't answer me. I said, I want to know what the fucking threshold is <laughs> to get into the Hall of Fame. Is this a good guy contest or is this a Hall of Fame? How does it work? And so, next thing you know, I'm not in cuffs this time because I've been in before, you know? And <laughs> so, so, wait, you I, storm I, the. You go to the baseball writers uh, hall of fame where they get together and decide who's going and, and kind of go into their meeting. Yeah. Well, I go into the executive offices, you know, where I'm talking to the head people that are, that are there and then more people start coming. But so that leads me to betting on baseball. So I broke in and I got called up to the big leagues. My first game was against the reds and Pete Rose is still playing, you know, uh, manager player, you know, where he played first and Joe's manager. So, the first thing about that is when I get my first hit, I get the first, and T. Rose says, congratulations, kid. You only got 4000 to go to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Pete would say. Yeah, but then, but so then as the season goes on, like, you know, you're hearing all the rumors. We know what's going on. But, you know, like right before the game, like the lineups would change, you know, with, you know the platoon situation or whatever. Right before the game, he scratches the starter and, you know, starts his middle reliever, you know, and, Next thing you know, it's like five nothing in the third. Pete's not pinch hitting for Pete's not pinch hitting for him. So it's like everyone in there says Pete's got the over, you know. Because <laughs> really, it's really the only thing you can control in baseball. I mean, you can't really control anything else because, I mean, even if you have your your your, your ace going, okay. I mean, he still could could lose because the other team might not score enough runs. But if you want to lock in a win in in, in baseball, you know, bet you know. Obviously, when Pete Rose would pull a star and put a middle reliever in and leave him in there, <laughs> hung around to drive, it's pretty obvious. But, but yeah, so that's uh, 
again, we, we didn't, it was so public, you know, that we all knew and, 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 and then by the way he acted. So, yeah. Uh, but a, again, that's on something else. So what else do you want to talk about? Cause, uh, P Rose, but I mean, dude, just real quick on P Rose, do you understand what it's like, or the people out there listening understand what it's like? Cause like I saw him another time at a card show and I said, you know, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just want to know how in the hell you got 20 years, went 20 years and get 200 hits. Dude, my best year when I led the league in everything, okay, I mean, I was right at 200 hits, 197, whatever. He did it for 20, and I said to him, and he corrected me, by the way, and he said, by the way, try 23, he said. <laughs> yeah, he and, knows all his stats. Yeah. So, dude, you know, like, you know how crazy that is as a player? I mean, and so, but, but, it's, but what's just as crazy is betting on your own fucking team though, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's insane. So, but you know, yeah, but Roger Clemens not in there and you know, he's the one right-hander I didn't want to face, dude. This guy was a fucking mean, hairy fucking ass man who, you know, like I had no problem facing right-handers, but now you remember when he made Piazza look like a fucking redheaded stepchild when he broke his bat and <laughs> Piazza like went to his, went to his room, right? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, so... Um, but, but as a... The other I, gambling is... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, as a player, I think we were talking uh, before we did the podcast a couple of days back, you were saying you had noticed some trends as far as baseball, like when to when to bet on a team, when to not. What was that you were saying? Yeah, well, so... Yeah, that's a good point you bring up, actually. So, so I can't tell anybody how to bet baseball because, like I said, I played in the games and couldn't tell you if I was going to win, you know? Uh, unless Pete was managing, you know, it's pretty different. <laughs> but, but so, so, so where I'm going with this is, if you look at the stats, and you know, I know there's a bunch of people out there that that do things off of off of the computer. So, so if you take the homestand, it has to be a Sunday day game, and it has to be at least it has to be more than seven days. So it's usually a ten game homestand if you have a lot of or nine game. So what happens is, is the home team because they're leaving, the managers kind of force a is, is starters opposed to resting them, what people do on Sunday day games. And then the team that's been on the road for 10 days is just done, tired, and ready to get the hell out back home. And so it's a, probably about an 80 to 90% win rate if it's a Sunday uh, and you bet on the home team. You know, So look on, to fade on, a on team their, their, that's wrapping yeah, up a long day. road trip. I like it, Sean. That could yeah, be a whale play. Yeah, yeah. So, they're get, so, so they're getaway day, you know what I mean? Yeah, we the other teams like they they're all tired, dude. They they they've been chasing pussy and drinking for ten days. You, know, you go back home and you charge up your batteries, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what was the, the when you home, were you know? well, Lenny, when you were on the road, what was I mean, I feel like you probably have a million stories, but what was your best era for as far as chasing tail in your playing career? Uh, I mean ninety three, dude, that's my best I mean ninety three is the best year of like I mean, my life. I mean, I, I I was the first player in '93 to lead the lead the league in the history. And history is a kind of a big like word to throw out, you know. Like they've been playing baseball fucking 200 years or something. So I led the league in in, in walks and at bats, and I set the major league record, which still stands today for the most played appearances ever by a left-handed hitter. So, like, if you think about it in math, like how it's impossible to lead the league in walks and at bats because yeah. They cancel each other out. But to see how I was on a mission of mercy to get a contract, okay? And so, you know, it's funny how that works when you're on a contract here. 
so so that year was intense. I mean, and that was the, the year that everything came together. And and by by the way, you know. Didn't come together by myself. I needed a little help from my friends, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean? Because I've heard I've heard rumors, is and I think you've addressed it a little bit. Your walk rate jumped from ten point two percent in nineteen ninety two to sixteen point seven percent in nineteen ninety three. What was going on that got you such a favorable strike zone? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Coincidence? I think not. I'll tell you what was going on. I'll tell you what's going on. I started working fucking smarter instead of harder. Instead of fucking going up to the umpire and having a brown up, and hey, how you doing? How you doing? Fuck that, man. You know, because he's still gonna fuck you. But see, here's the deal. Here's what they don't is when see fear does a lot to a man. Okay, it's different when 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 fear sets in. And so I dropped you know legitimately 500. And Major League Baseball knows this. They don't even question me. They're just scared. You know that <laughs> they, the integrity of the game's intact. No, they called me. Commissioner called me on it. And like he said, like it's, it's a, you know, it has a couple feds on there. Is the integrity of the game all intact? And I said, yeah, of course. I was writing a book. I said, he said, oh, okay. I said, but if you want to know who's gay, just to let them know, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I know. Because I did some work for them actually. So, so anyway, so like Bruce Fleming was behind the plate one time. You probably remember him. He's a long time up for like thirty years, and he's a degenerate gambler, you know. So like Bruce called a strike, and I said. So when you're hitting, you know, as a player, so this is kind of good insight out there for the fans to know too, or listeners. When when you turn towards the umpire, if you turn and then like embarrass him, the umpire will, will run you for that most of the time. So the first time I didn't turn, I just said, I said, bro, I said that pitch might have been a strike, but I don't know if it's a strike, but here's what I do know. I know that you fucking didn't cover last night. And <laughs> you should you were on the wrong side, you had the dolphins and now all of a sudden this guy's going, How the fuck do you know this? I can lose my job for this. Okay? And then like, you know, they pulling this other umpire that was a you know, gay guy. And and but they can't say that so but I knew it. So like I went to play and he called a strike. I said, You sure about that? I said, How was Rick's last night? And yeah, yeah. So, dude, so it's not a coincidence that my strike zone, because remember, I played the game off of the scoreboard and off percentages. So, being a very small guy, not having all the talent that these other players had, I had to do these things to to survive in, you know, what is the toughest sport in probably the world to get to the big leagues. Because people don't think about this, but you know, to be the say you're a center fielder, that means you're one of the 30 best players in the world because. Remember, they don't come from just New York or New Jersey or California or Las Vegas or or Nevada or or the United States or Japan or China or Korea or Dominican Republic or what I'm saying is so to actually to actually make it to the highest level, you know, like I said, you know, Tony Pena told me one time when I was on fire in Pittsburgh, you know, and and it was like four for four, and he said, hey, say, senor. Suave, suave. He said, no higher level, no higher level. He's a big league, you know? Yeah. So, he yeah. was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it sounds like was, basically. That was, uh, that was, so, I, was, I, was, I was pussies called in, you know, like I'm telling them on a fucking radio show. <laughs> shut the fuck up. It, it sounds like our man Lenny here was way ahead of the curve for the advanced analytic movement. Yeah. It sounds like he was playing yeah, percentages, was. Yeah. playing yeah, percentages point, way, though. way before 
that that locker dwelling nerd, Bill James. <laughs> and it's I, I gotta be honest, Lenny, because you you played during I think what what most people consider the the more exciting from a story perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So let right. me ask you this: like all the stories about there being different varying versions of caffeinated coffee in the in the locker rooms and all that was that just completely open at that point? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you know, they call it the go-go juice. You know, I mean, the bottom line is, instead, things were rampant. Okay, like I mean, like you know. When, you know, I went to the party that uh, um, that bitch Diana Ross had, and she had blow. You know, sitting on all the fucking sitting on all the tables. You know, you know. So like, like the amphetamines were rampant, and everyone took them because, you know, when you have that schedule, it's rigorous. You know, I'm talking about 162 games, and you got something that can help you focus, and and there's not a lot of side effects. Meaning, yeah. It's hard not to go out there with it. See, once you go there, it's kind of like getting pussy. Once you get pussy, you want more, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't I mean, retire from getting. So, I mean, yeah, I mean so, once. So, so yeah, so once you get that, that you find a shortcut. You know, we're all trying to find shortcuts, even though it's really not the best way at the end of the day. But sometimes it's the only way, um, which we'll get to Ron Darling in a second. But so <laughs> once I started doing bowl, I gave him my first amphetamine. I was like. Shit, man! I can party all night. Let's take this. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> yeah. And but that works for a while. This is called. I mean, drugs. I mean, if you think about it, they call them drugs for a reason. If you look at the word D R U G S, it's a nasty, ugly word, you know. And so I don't recommend kids to do it. And drugs are out of baseball now. But but what's not out of baseball now is is again, they now need to to adjust. They get the home runs up. All they did is take the balls and, and, and put the seams all the way down. So they're traveling through the air like super balls now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just in the speed. You mentioned uh, Ron Darling. Unfortunately, Ron Darling in his, his book, he, he accused you Lenny of, of saying something. He didn't even really, he didn't even say what you actually said, but he claimed in the 1986 world series, you said something racist and foul to oil can Boyd on the yeah, opposing not, team. Right. They not right, right. Yeah, and right. then so that was a huge deal, man. Go ahead, go ahead and give him the, give him the intro in, and I'll and I'll finish it for you because well, yeah, and and now pretty quick, and now you're suing him for defamation because he took this shot yeah. at you in his book. Yeah, well, we he literally made up the line number one, okay, okay, and because like first of all, I'm 22 years old, like I'm in the World Series, and you have nine pitches, like to, like try to time the guy. And so, like, the last thing I'm doing, by the way, I don't even know what the fuck Jackie Robinson was back then. So, so what I'm saying, though, is, like, you know, you don't, never in my career once did I ever say anything to a pitcher when I'm in the on-deck or not, you get in the batter's box, you might jaw or whatever. Yeah. But that's a different story. You know, you're in the batter's box, what are you going to do? Yell at him, plus everyone would hear you. And so there's, there's, there's video or, you know, footage where you hear the sound when I'm, you know, getting ready to lead up. Oral Cat Boy warming up and hitting Gedman. But hearing any sound, screaming, whatever Darling said, I don't even know how. And so all of a sudden, I didn't ask him to come out. Next thing you know, Strawberry's coming out saying it's a complete lie. You know, Gooden comes out. You know, oh man, he was really pissed, comes out. Then Backing was in the on deck circle, comes out. Oh, Cam Boy even says you don't remember hearing it because it wasn't true. 
Yeah. So, why? Why do you think the, that's not the bigger? That's not the biggest thing though that's going on with Darwin. That's a small thing. You know, I'm. You know, I think that you're going to see something come out where, you know, again, when, when, first of all, Darwin immediately named Mr. P. You know, you know, Mr. Perfect. You know, <laughs> so he's got all these people. He's got all yeah. I went to Yale, but. People don't understand. He had nothing on the ball but his fucking hand. Okay, <laughs> and then speaking of good bets, man, bet against him in the a big winner. Betting against so, Ron Darling in the, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he was fucking choked. He even wrote a book how to how to lose in Game Seven or something. <laughs> he, he should have wrote a book how to lose your fucking job. That's what's happening next. Okay, because what's going to surface. Okay, so, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm actually smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. How's that? That's pretty okay. smart, though. But, right, because so so we both, all three of us, know the most valuable commodity I know of is, is information, especially in betting and everything else. I mean, without information, you're throwing darts to the board like my boy Charlie Sheen was. We'll get to that later. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Now, that's fucking crazy when I get to that one. But, but anyway, so, so... And if you notice, you'll see in all of his interviews, first of all, the guy goes from, because I don't know if you remember, but right before opening day, he comes out with this book and, you know, he, he buries Carter. He has his Carter's kids and stuff in the envelopes. He buried basically everyone that, that couldn't respond. And then he said, oh, Lenny's a loser. We got him too. But like so many before him who underestimated me, he's on the wrong side and he's going to lose. Been now because... You know, when you see my doctors over and over and over and over and over again, okay, well, who are your doctors? I mean, like, like, where'd you have the surgery? Because, you know, you're talking about two very serious things, like your heart, that's like kind of important. And then like, so anytime I even had knee surgeries, all the fans would send in cards, you know, get well soon. So, like, them fans that tried to send them get well cards, I wonder where they sent them to. Hmm. So, Sean, what, what I'm hearing here, and, uh, you so, know, never, yeah. be, never been a fan of yeah. Ron Darling myself, but what I'm hearing here is yeah. this is someone, this is a media whore who's making horrible accusations through a book, not face to face, giant pussy. And, Sean, you wouldn't believe this. You know, you know where I know he wasn't born here, but you know where he, where he went to high school. Where did he go to Massachusetts? Oh, okay, he, so. he's a, he's a bit of a baby whale. <laughs> he probably spent some time in a locker. And Lenny, uh, let me on behalf of the public, let me apologize for Ron Darling because uh, he has always been the guy when I turn on the TV and his ass is talking to me. I, I'm a, I grew up a fairly large baseball fan and it's just like, a, he's right. like, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> Bro. You're so on point. Keith Hernandez carries him. Keith Hernandez is great. Keith is great. Yeah. See, but, but yeah, see, but darling, you see, he doesn't give head. He only gives, he gives two handed head and he swallows. Okay? <laughs> so, so what, what I'm going with that is see, so, so, so you picture this when darling. So what happens is when he comes out with this book, Never in a million years did the Mets or Darling expect it was a fucking massive. And I have all the analytics and stuff that, that, that show it. It was a massive, like, like these players came out of nowhere, started calling Darling a liar, and Darling said, he, you know, he had these players to support, and not one player showed up, obviously. And then Darling backs and says he, he he stands behind what he said, and then the fans are all like, so it's literally like. I mean, to the point where 
the Mets panicked, okay, and Darling panicked, and and so the only way to stop that, okay, was to go to the 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 most dangerous thing of all, because in life, as we know, the biggest risk you take, there's always the biggest reward. So so when he went there and said, you know, he had a heart surgery, and then you know oversells by saying he has a, then cancer, so. What happens immediately spins everybody on the dime, and everybody goes from hating him to saying, "We wish you well." And, yeah, because they're not going to come after you him. You can't, you can't, you can't bury a guy that says he's got those kind of things. So, but you're so you're saying know. you're saying without saying it, I'll say it. Possibly, Ron Darling. Maybe he exaggerated or came up with some medical stuff. Sean, this is the to the, take the heat off. Uh, he is a private school pussy. So let's, let, I mean, throwing yeah, it out there, yeah, this is the behavior I, I, of a private school pussy. That's what I'm saying. And, and it's an email exchanges between my attorney and Jeff. Yeah. Lenny's not, Lenny's not saying very, it. I'll, I'll say simple. it for him that, yeah. hey, it's a, it's a conspiracy theory. But again, he accused Lenny of being a racist. Meanwhile, all of Lenny's African American teammates seem to have his back. I mean, as a guy who played sports, you couldn't be in the on deck circle yelling horrible yeah. racist stuff when you're also playing. Well, with not, not to mention here. what hey, happens this, on the field yeah, stays on the field. Hey, yeah. yeah, bro. Hey, bro. Check this out. Check this out. So when I wrote my book, okay, no one knows this. I've been holding this, so I'm dropping a lot of first time shit through you guys because that's how I roll. Awesome. So, so that's what I do with my chicks too. You know, I don't know where it comes from. It actually comes, you know, cause I sell dreams, you know? And so all you listeners out there that, that don't understand how it works, understand that the promise of money is actually more powerful than the money itself. It's just like in gambling, you know? Yeah. Like when you gamble the promise that you're going to win, but when you win, it's like, ah, fuck, throw it in with the rest. When you lose, it's like, wow, well, you're ready to kill someone. But, but anyways, so, where we're going with that is Darlene did a sit down interview with me. You can pull it up on SNY. It was a big one-on-one story. Cause remember Darlene says, I've been carrying this with me, this burden with me for 30 years. And, and let's not forget that every book on the planet has been written about the, the 86 Met team and this has never come up. Yeah. So also but, in Lenny's but, defense, put more fuel on the fire, pull up that SNY interview. He does a one-on-one with me. But he was sucking my fucking cock the whole time. Okay, like if he if he, if he had all his like anger and stuff, like would he have done that interview with me? Yeah, and also like, Lenny, you seem like a guy who's willing to admit to stuff. Like you've been very honest about stuff you've oh, been involved yeah, in. And- to, right, dude. I, I had I had to own it, bro. I mean, I I the only way like you like America loves an underdog. Okay, where you fight because you know remember. The majority of the people out there, it's a struggle, man. I mean, it's the real world. I mean, you know, if I check the check. Oh, so, yeah, I know that. You know, I was an underdog. You know, I wasn't supposed to make, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to make it and all that. You're like so, the Rudy of baseball. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So I get there, and, like, you know, they still root for you, but they're not quite as rooting for you because, you know, now you're making all this money. So, but when I fell, I didn't fall like down with them. I went further. I mean, like I went into big. I actually like got this big organization called the federal government, like pissed off at me. <laughs> they put me in a cage for fucking two years. Okay. So when I did that and came out, that's when I you know, I've been asked to write a book a lot of times. Okay, like many times, but I wasn't ready to dump all of it because you gotta. If you're gonna do a book, it's gotta be the good, the bad the ugly and everything else in it. Okay. And so that's 
I was ready to do it because once you go to fucking jail, okay, like, what's the next step? Death, okay? So, like, it was time to get it out there because there was so much bullshit written about me, you know? But, so anyways, yeah, so, so, the, the, the book, you know, that's where, like, it's all about the truth, see? America will forgive you for that, you know? They'll, 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 they'll root you, they'll help you come back. So, by me being honest, they've embraced me. And, you know, Darling's story pack also gave me a lot of credibility, too, because my teammates all came out and said, he's full of shit, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned. And by the uh, way, Darling, he don't say either, by the way. He owed the, he's a taxi agent, taxi bader. He owed the <laughs> IRS almost 600 grand, you know? Yeah. Classic it, private school pussy move, once again. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were private school pussy move. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, speaking of getting some pussy, you were uh, you were good pals with Charlie Sheen for a long time. You guys partied it up, lived it up. But you said, yeah, but yeah, but the problem with Charlie, dude, like he didn't get pussy. Charlie liked dick. Oh yeah. Okay, so so that's the big sit. That's like like that's like you know like when someone says you get to a dead end, you either turn left or you turn right. Like like so you either like dick or you don't like dick. Like what I mean is. Like if someone lies, like they don't lie one time, right? They're a liar. If someone steals, they're not going to say, I steal one time only. I'm not going to steal again. No, they're a thief. If someone wakes up at 30 and says, like a dude says, you know what? I think I'll try in the ass tonight. No, no. You've been getting in the ass, motherfucker. Okay. So, so like, but Charlie had this all hidden, dude. Remember? So, you know, Charlie had all these people that were just Steve Robin and blind. And I never even knew this side of him because like when he's sober, Charlie's actually like the coolest fucking dude and smart and a huge baseball fan. That's how we met. And we actually could play a little bit, but but where I'm going with this is is when one of the ten times that you know, I saved Charlie's life, I mean he go on these ten day runs on this whatever it is, uh, crack or keeps him up, you know, and and this is when it all would get dark and so I was the only one that could like would go in there to Save him because everyone else is afraid that you know he cut him off from their money. Yeah, so, it's, he was said, he was holed up, right? There, yeah, the last time in there, like I, I get him off. I said like, you know, his fiance called me, man, and, and like, and like I didn't even know her. So I'm deal. I didn't. Like, you know, she was a porno star. That's, that was one tell right there. Usually he said he liked them because he could pay for them, and then they pay him, and then they leave. Wow, now he's fucking gonna marry one, you know? So because where I'm going with that is. Like, picture like a date with Charlie Sheen now, okay? And Charlie's out, and like he says to the girl, like, you know what? On their second date, I really think this can work. I have feelings for you, and so. But there's a few things I want to just be honest with you about. Like, you know, I had some problems with my anger and stuff, but you know, I went to therapy, I fixed that. And then I had this drug problem, but you know, I got therapy, went to rehab, fixed that. But there's one other little thing I just want to mention to you. Um, I got HIV. Is that cool? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, what, that's. What bitches fuck? What bitches and beelining the fuck out of there, dude? <laughs> that's a porno, tough conversation to have. Star. Yeah, I yeah, get. Yeah, you know that's a that's a tough conversation, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and you know, it was, dude, it was tough when Charlie told me, man. Like, just when, so where I'm going back to, is when the chick calls me. She says Charlie's out of his mind. She says he's been on ten days and he's beating the shit out of me and. I said, where are you at? Said, I'm in the bathroom. I have a nervous breakdown. I said, okay, well, meet me at the Beverly Glen Center. I'll take care of it. So she said, I can't. I look like shit. I said, shut the fuck up, man. Get, get, get in the car. You know, she's a porno star. She's a selfish, selfish, 
I never, by the way, on the record, I've never watched a porn in my life, okay? Okay. Meaning, like, why do I want some other guy's dick fucking going in and out the fucking... <laughs> Yeah, you, know you can make your own, right? Like, 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 like I tell my girls, man, don't tell me to fucking pull your hair. Don't tell me to choke you. You put your finger in my ass, I'll break it off, okay? <laughs> so, so well, that's, roll, a, that's the so, scouting anyways, report on Lenny Dykstra's sexual yeah, preference. No fingers in the butt. Yeah, I'm, I'm a missionary man, bro. Normal. Yeah. I take him on a fucking on a space shuttle, dude. And, and like I tell him, there's going to be a period where you're, you're going to say, I can't feel my toes, okay? <laughs> as, a fellow, back, as a fellow missionary back. fan, well, if it's not. You know, if it's not broke, why fix uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, because I'll tell you what's happened, dude. What happened one time is, you know, like when a ticket's on top, like, I don't know where you're trying to get in this, but it's just real. It's happened. And if they get up too high and they miss coming down, I mean, It'll break your I dick. I think you can break your dick. I yeah. think you can break your dick, dude. Because I, this chick, and I like, I think my dick got broke for a while, okay? <laughs> and so, like, I have a fucking, like, if some chick wants to get on top, I, no, no, I'm just, I'm a driver now. I'm driving home, dude. That's it. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? So, I yeah. back on Sheen. So, now, she shows up. She's all beat the fuck out of and, and I said, you'll, she said, uh, I said, you'll pick one of them German emblems out there he's got and get in and meet me at the Beverly Glen Center. Get me through the gates because he's got the gates, you know? So, Sorry, what was ex- explain be, uh, the uh, yeah. explain the Beverly I'm Glen seeing? Center aspect? Yeah, at scene, right? So, so she pulls up, and she's all beat up, and I said, "Just get me in, and I'll take care of it." She says, "You'll never find him." I said, "What are you talking about?" She's been over thousands of times. She said, "No, no, no one knows about this this room except me and Charlie, and we're the only ones who can get in." So, dude, I on everything I love, I'm like, what? Anyways, so as we get to the house, you know, he's got his Israeli hit squad there, and they say, you can't go up there and see, and I said, shut the fuck up, shoot me in the back then. <laughs> so anyways, we get up there, and just like a hip Alfred Hitchcock movie, bro, I, I know, I, I kid you not, she had to move a bookcase, put her, her hand on something, and then put these numbers in, and it fucking started opening, dude. And she, you know, obviously ran, because, you know, probably was being a shit at her. And I walk in, and there's Charlie in his silk pajamas with fucking glass dick in one hand and fucking, and, and, and you know, uh, whatever, light on whatever, drink in his other hand. And I said, Charlie, to break that, I said, Charlie, I got to tell you, bro, if you're going to smoke crack, this is the best fucking crack room I've ever fucking seen. Because, <laughs> dude, it was. It was crazy, man. He had Beirut shit in there, a theater in there. And so then I said, no, Charlie, like, what the fuck? So wait, he had all his bro? he had all his baseball memorabilia in his oh, crack yeah, den. Oh yeah, dude, it was the baddest ass room ever, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so strong. He had like the film of like regular the real film of platoon and all this. I said, hey, bro, like, let's get serious now. What the fuck are you doing? Like, is this your life? Like, I mean, you've been here ten fucking days. You're fucking fifty. What are you doing? And like, like, you got to work Monday. I'm gonna show you all. And yeah. Like, so I didn't know. When I make the story short, and see, he had to go there, not to get high. He's not getting very high at fifty anymore. I Meaning he had to go there to to go to that place he hated so much, and he still to this day won't admit that you know Charlie's gay. And by the way, I'm not judging people. People, you know, like you know, that's not. I don't have a problem with that as long as they don't you know come near me, whatever. Try to go up, you know, back door with me because. Then there's gonna be a real fucking. Problem. I, I would. <laughs> I don't imagine is, any gay man brave enough to try and do that. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, my first year in the big leagues and my big league camp, you know, everything changed. You go from the minor leagues where, you know, you hit and under candles, a shitty ballpark. And they're better now, though. But, but so in the big league, you do a real physical, like a big league physical. So I never had one of those. I was only like 20 years old when I went. Next thing I know, this fucking Dr. Pearl harbors me when he does a, puts his finger on my ass. And I said, it hurts so fucking bad. I don't know if he put enough shit in there or what. And I pinned that motherfucker against the door, and I said, you fucking do that again, I'll fucking kill you. you know? And that's the last time anyone had their finger up my ass, dude. Well, there you go. Okay? <laughs> but so, you said- so, so, back to, so back to Shane. So the bottom line is, Shane, I get him ready, take all his drugs, and do what I've always done. And I've never, he's never asked me to stay there. So this time, he says, and, you know, so and I always bring him a pizza the next day, and he was, he was ashamed, you know, he was afraid to face it, you know, he's, he's, he's humiliated. But so, because it's a ten, you know, it's a five day fucking recovery when you're up ten days straight. Dude. Yeah. So, so like, so like this time he says, hey, like, hey, will you stay? I said, what? He says, because Charlie doesn't like to ask for anything, you know, he's always one given everything. And I said, yeah, of course I'll stay. I'm your friend. He says, Cause if you don't, I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna get more. I said, yeah, but no problem, bro. Because remember, like I said, he's, he's my friend. I'm the only one that never took a dime from him, and that's in the, that's that's a record, by the way. And so, so I said, but the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna fucking call your Israeli hit squad down there, and you're gonna tell them every package because what they were used for, the drug dealer would drop them off at the gate. They'd call the security. They'd come pick it up. So they're just an extension of the drug dealer. So. But in a way, they had a tough job because, like, if they don't do that, he fires them. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, so I said, tell your Israeli hit squad down there that every package comes through me. I'll bring it up to you, and we'll open it together. He says, no problem. Okay. So now, after five days, I you know I said, what do you want to do with the bitch? You know, like, chick. Her name is Scott Teen. He made her change the sheen. Her name's like, like she's a porno star, and like, you know, Scott Teen uh, Rossi, I think. But, but anyway. And he says, I love her. I said, you love her? Like, you mean you, want, you don't want me to kick her? You want her to stay here? He says, yeah, I love her. I said, well, what's going on? What's the problem? He says, oh, well, you know, number one, Denise, you know, Denise Richards, by the way, is the biggest operator and fucking comes off as Miss Mom. She, like I said, the target at the end when things got ugly, I said, how does it feel to get your ass kicked by your ex-wife every fucking time, you know? <laughs> and... Oh, she did, and and because it gets darker. But anyway, he says, you know, I love her, and this and that. So I said, okay. So I walk out there, and she's smoking a cigarette, you know, and she's like, oh, bottle up. And I said, look, I don't know you very well, but my best friend up there just told me he loves you, so I'm going to help you right now. Okay, I'm going to tell you one time. And if you don't listen to me, I said, you'll be on the street in two weeks, okay? I'm going to tell you what. So... You see that big fucking rock on your fucking finger? You see that big boulder? Okay? You see this mansion right here? Okay? And what do you made you change your name to? What is, what is it? Sheen. Scott Dean Sheen. I said, basically, you got a 21 lead because Charlie likes baseball. I said, you got a 21 lead in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. You couldn't possibly fuck this up. But I said, you could. I said, if you turn on me, which they're all going to come telling you I'm this monster, this and that, because ever I'm one firing them because I catch them stealing. So I said, if you turn on me, you'll be on the street in two weeks. So what happens? She turns on me. Long story short.
end of the day, that's where I learned all the darkness, okay? And so that's all, that's actually a situation where we'll move on because yeah. it's such, it's so, it's so tragic, dude. And, and it, 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 I think it's the most, most epic fall, most epic, the, the most biggest tragedy in the, in the history of Hollywood yeah. because he had world by the balls. You're not up there begging this guy. He had $300 million waiting for him to do two and a half men. And he keeps burying that guy, Lurie. Yeah. It's Charlie. Like you're, you're better off fucking a, 10-year-old boy in broad daylight in Sunset Boulevard, not knowing that he was going to say he did that, you know? And, and, and you know, because they're going to fire you. And boom, they fire him, and all it keeps going on and on and on. But Yeah, like so, if you had a problem so, with the so, manager... Let's go off Sheen's done, though, you know? He's, he's a monster, and I had to actually touch him up a little bit at the end, you know? Yeah, things he got wild. Every, he beat up every woman he ever, he ever was with, to a pulp, by the way. No, oh, that's... Well, you know, that's... Uh, yeah. Truly a tragic story there and, and pretty unfortunate. It's a tragedy. It's unfortunate, you know, but the bottom line is is that's the world we live in and then I, I can't I tried my best to save him. I really did because I'm loyal. I'm one of them old school dudes. Like, you know, you don't get voted the most hated player in the league five years in a row by the opposing team. <laughs> you know, which is I get off on that. That gets me off. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like the other things that get me off were like when John Smoltz had a no hitter going into the ninth. And the vet, and you know, uh, he didn't have a perfect game because he walked me once. Okay, and and so he's got a six-run lead. I'm up third in the ninth, and he's got you know this one Smoltz was fucking electric by the way, you know. And so a no hitter is a big deal for a pitcher. Okay, so I'm hitting like 400 time though in June or whatever it is. So he punches the first two guys out. Go to your room. Go to your room. Okay, now he's got one. He's one out away from a no. Go ahead. Went out away from a no hitter, and and guess what happens? He you get a hit. First pitch, he goes to the first pitch. He goes to the first pitch curveball. I know he's gonna throw a first pitch curveball, okay? And then then the umpire calls it a ball, which is a strike, if you know what I mean. So that kind of goes back to early conversation. <laughs> and and then and then and then, okay. So so so. So then I say, this guy's going to try to sneak some fucking cheese in on the inner half. And, and, and cause he's feeling that good. And I'm sitting on a pitch and he does throw the fastball inner half. I hit a fucking line drive bullet tracer that, that hits, it hits up the wall. I get the second, I take my two out and I throw it out. And I say, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and so, so, so he thinks about me every day, dude. See, and that's what you're, you're haunting off, his you dreams. All right, uh, Lenny, yeah, before man. we, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Sure. This is a sports gambling. We do a weekly, weekly deal, dude. I get some picks too. Yeah. Well, yeah. why do why don't, uh, why don't we close things out here? Uh, you follow, I'm guessing you follow the NL a little bit more than the AL, but who do you like right now <laughs> to win the NL pennant? If you had to pick a team, I mean, look, I mean, the Yankees are, they're, they're looking strong, you know, I mean, when you said the AL, right? Oh, well, I said the NL, but yeah, you can do you can do okay, both. Sorry, if you want. so so sorry, I, I just heard that. So on the NL, again, I mean, th- that's kind of you know it's kind of up for grabs there, you know. But um, you know, I, who's playing the best in the, in, in the NL right now? I mean, the Dodgers, Dodgers are, yeah. are, are strong, and you know they they got. I mean. Quite a lineup, man. That that shortstop is is just a thing. And then they had, that's a great ball club, you know, solid all around. 
So, you know, yeah. So I, I would put, I would say, I would say that um, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah, Dodgers are plus one hundred right now. Is there any sh- any chance you would take a shot at like the Phillies fourteen to one <laughs> to win the NL pennant? Mm, well, no, I would take <laughs> yeah. a shot to win them, for them to win the pennant. Yeah, I mean, I think they're right there, maybe a game to, back and forth, right? Yeah, so, they're not they're um, not too far out of the second wild I think card. I, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's like going the postseason. That's a, that's a bet that will kind of work, you know, uh, or something that's worth taking a risk on because you'll get such good, you know, good probably you pay pretty good. I don't know, but but as far as like I said, um, it's just hard, man, to to bet on baseball, man. People, you know, it, it's just very very difficult, and and you know, from what I understand, basketball is really easy to bet on. Um, but but football is the number one thing to bet on is is football, is, you know and and like you know again you know I used to bet football a lot you know and by the end of the you know by the time Sunday oh Danny Sheridan was the guy he had yeah a okay I'd just be living, so I want somebody just to confirm who I'm betting on either it was some fucking bozo I didn't even care <laughs> you know but you know because when you're gambling you start losing like you know you do desperate things you know so. <laughs> So all you football players out there, I mean, all you gamblers out there, because, you know, there's, you know, there's 50 million people in America that bet on sports and it's like, you know, $500 billion industry, you know? And so, um, and it's kind of weird. I was telling you this about this yesterday when we talked is that, you know, we were in that strip club. Remember, bro? We were talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was okay. fun, man. So, oh, God. <laughs> joking, joking, joking. So, so yeah, sorry. So where I'm going with this is, is, is that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it comes down to being like, it's, it's, it's hard to bet on, on, on something that they, 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 they got to so figure it out. You know what I mean? The market's but, really but, cornered. Yeah. Yeah. But so where I'm going with that is, is that if you have, if, if you have somebody that can, you know, give you some picks and, and 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 they can pick like sixty percent. I think it takes like fifty eight percent to to break even, right? With the jig, with the with the big. Yeah, I think it's so, even fifty two point four percent. Yeah, there you go. So that's always so the goal. Again, you know, I know you know I know really well my cousin Sal. You know, he's pretty good oh, yeah. handicapper. It's good dude. Well, you should check yeah, out good, our show. Dude. We're Great we're dude. we're going to be hitting at like eighty percent this football <laughs> season, right? That's Sean? the goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hey dude, I'm I'm gonna blast you guys out there on Twitter and everything, man. Awesome and. and um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we should do something, you know, whatever you guys want to call me, the best time to reach me is 24 7, you know? <laughs> yep, the Nails Lifestyle. All right. Appreciate you calling right. in, Lenny. Right, uh, make thanks. sure you give Lenny a follow right, on Twitter at Lenny Dykstra. Thanks again, man. All right. Thanks. You got it, guys. Bye. That was Lenny Dykstra. Make sure uh, you give him a follow on Twitter at Lenny Dykstra. Very interesting follow indeed. He, uh, we didn't get to it in the interview, but he, uh, he, w- <laughs> he lost his $80,000 dentures. Did you see that, Ryan? I did see that. And he live tweeted the story of him dumpster diving, trying to recover his teeth and in nails fashion, it was gritty. The odds were against him, but he was able to find his dentures, recover his teeth again. Very interesting interview. Appreciate the guy coming on Ryan. When you come back from Hawaii, we will be diving in head first to 
the NFL division previews. And I think next week we'll do a hall of fame game. Is that the plan? Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm sure I can find a, uh, a way to, we, we probably should do a podcast from I'll, I'll check in from beautiful Hawaii so we can make <laughs> a pick on the first NFL game of the year. What, what, what better way to spend your vacation in paradise than breaking down the over under the win total, the picks well, for, are they, are they going to have prop bets on the hall of fame? Of game? course they will. <laughs> will the field be ready in time? Sean, I plan on bringing a solid thousand pages of prep material there to read go. on the beach of Hawaii. So, and before we let you go, as always, appreciate you guys rating, reviewing, sharing on the iTunes. We just got a uh, got a great little uh, review here from Ange five one seven. So much of the good shit, five stars, and he even uh, used an exclamation point instead of I for shit. So it got past the Nazis over at the uh, iTunes review boards. Very entertaining podcast and can help you win a shit ton of cash. The host Sean and Ryan give each other shit about their favorite teams and fanboy homerism in that hilarious ways. Uh, you and your buds give each other shit. They give out a ton of free shit. Again, this guy loves using the word shit to help you win money, like free picks, NFL games, parlays, teasers, locks, dogs, DFS lineups. They also bring on guests that know a lot of shit about gambling and other sports like golf, horse racing, college football to quote Sean. What's not to like. It's simple. You listen, you play, you win, you get paid. Podcasts are like Netflix for your ear. Don't waste your time. Listen to the bad shit. Listen to the good shit. Couldn't have said it better myself. That felt like a, uh, I was doing an ad at the end of the podcast. I was not Ryan. I was going to say, Sean, did you write that review? No, I did not. And okay. before we close things out, this is we're taping this day one NFL training camp. You, really, you're gonna drop this shit on me right now. You're gonna <laughs> is this what you're you're doing? You're gonna try to sneak attack me at the end with the, All the right. injury updates. We will. Oh, is there? Is oh there no, an injury? that's not what you're doing. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. No, the Giants have already lost two of their top three receivers. No big deal. <laughs> four, three out of four. I was if just you gonna count talk. Beckham. I was just gonna talk. <laughs> they lost their top quarterback and their top receiver. I was just gonna talk about the comical overthrow videos that we've been bombarded with on our social media of one uh, Daniel Scones Jones. What are you talking? Come on, he hey. looked. He looked. He started a little shaky, and then he looked sharp. So, and if nothing else, Sean, I saw some nice deep balls that. 100% Eli can no longer throw. So get off his back. Long You're just making the cocks. chip bigger. You're going to be responsible for this, Sean. And and thank you for reminding me because I was trolling the Twitterverse last last night and uh it seems like the 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 chip on the the Giants shoulder is growing collectively as a team as I got to be honest. Did you see what a Eli did in the media? Fired back at Odell Beckham, saying he won a couple games before Odell showed up in New York. Oh shit! And as as beat writer Dan Dugan for the Athletic, New York Giants pointed out, shades of 2007 when he <laughs> had to come at Tiki, and then he went on to take the Giants to a su- improbable Super Bowl victory. Improbable indeed. Well, that's just a taste of the NFL stuff oh. you'll be hearing mm. in the future. Again, as always. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for helping build the sports gambling podcast for the sports gambling podcast. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast. I am Sean Sacking the money green and he is Ryan. Uh, no fan of Ron darling here, Sean Kramer. Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs>